saying no. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back to the From the Fabricator podcast. I'm your host, Max Perlstein. Thank you so much for joining me again this month. Uh, good pod ahead. I'll talk about that in a second. But before I get into that, this pod, this podcast is brought to you by the MyGlassClass.com and the brand new MyGlassFab.com. These are the ultimate destinations for glass and glazer training and for the fabricator training. MyGlassFab.com, brand new. Uh, so you can go check that out. You can also always check out MyGlassClass.com. They're both online, 24-7, chance to train and train your folks. Lots of courses vetted by the National Glass Association, so you know it is legit. Check it out today, MyGlassClass.com and the brand new MyGlassFab.com. Okay, we're coming off of Glass Build America. Uh, what a show. Uh, what else can I say? It was tremendous. Uh, energy was tremendous. The vibe was tremendous. Obviously, some worries with regards to what Connor Lokar had talked about with some of the challenges ahead. I don't think it's a surprise. I think people needed to hear it. We all have to plan for it. We all have to stay resilient and we all have to continue to hustle communicate and there's no free lunches in our world that's for sure so that's all coming up uh you know in the future and we will all keep rolling with it but uh good stuff from connor great show sorry if i missed you there sorry if i didn't mention you on my blog i i, I mentioned a bunch but i ran into so many people it was just such an awesome experience uh so proud and happy to be a part of this industry all right so on this month's podcast really really excited to have Dan and Nico Pompeo from Architectural Glazing Solutions, some of the best reps uh, this industry has ever seen, and great people, great people, and we learn about sweep aggressively. Love that. And then I have Ron Parker, uh, who was on the show way back in 2021 uh, as a consultant. Now he has settled. He is an owner and CEO uh, of Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions, and we covered a bunch of th and things, really important things, and Ron's always insightful. So those are our guests this month, and we'll kick it off with Dan and Nico and Ron on the backside, and I'll see you after that. Okay, okay, next up on the podcast, the From the Fabricator podcast, an old friend with his son who's a new friend now for me, Dan and Nico Pompeo, the owners of Architectural Glazing Solutions out on the West Coast. Find them online at ags-ca.com. They are super manufacturers reps, the best around. Dan, Nico, thanks so much for doing the podcast. Thanks, Max. Uh, we appreciate the time. Looking forward to it. That's a very nice introduction. Thank you, Max. Yeah, Dan, 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 you and I go way back, and uh, and Nico, uh, you and I are just getting to know each other, and uh, we're going to start a little bit about your past, but the one thing I will say is that Dan has always been one of these clutch guys in my life. You know, when, when we needed people at Glassville, Dan was first in line. You know, when Thank we you. needed somebody to help out with anything, Dan was always raising his hand, and so I'm always grateful for you, Dan, for what you've done for the industry, and you, you, uh, you represent some of the best companies in the industry, which is very cool, so thank you for that, Dan. We feel the same about you, Max, and your, and your entire family. You're, you've got a rich history yourself. No doubt. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. So let's start with you. You know, uh, you know, you just don't land into a situation like you have. It's taken a lot of hard work, but I'd love to know, how, how did you get into this crazy, wacky glass industry and now years later, you know, running Architectural Glazing Solutions with your family? Well, I was a bricklayer by trade and uh, I had my heart set on, I'm going to work in the field. That's what I wanted to do. And I enjoyed the work, but uh, shortly after uh, a couple of years with this young man and a young family, my wife got pregnant with the twins right? and said, uh, honey, you got to get a, a real job with benefits and not those exact words. She was pretty direct. 
and okay. you know Stacy. Yep. Um, so I started my journey in looking. I was not um, looking at the glass industry at the time. I was working part time for her dad at Tech Glass, who okay. was a partner of two other individuals that own that company. I don't know if you remember that. A little small bit. Small fabricator. Yeah. And um, one thing led to another, and Ken ended up selling the business to Fabricated Glass, Harvey Holtz. Mm -hmm. And a position was opened up to me to become the plant manager. Okay. And um, I reluctantly said, I'll give it a try. Because okay. I was set on working indoors, and same place every day. But uh, a lot of good things happened from that point forward. And before you go on, I never knew you were a plant manager. I thought you were sales from day one because you're so friggin' good at it. Uh, that that's got me completely thrown that you were on a plant floor running a plant. Yeah, nine years I uh, managed, but really I can't take all the credit because I had a good team. I think I'm a better salesman than I was plant manager. <laughs> although I'm glad I had that experience because I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, of, that makes it the that back end. That makes a difference, you know, when you know you when you know how the plant runs and you respect how the plant runs, you're a better salesperson. You know, right. th there's no question. You you when you have that respect for how hard it is to produce, especially in the fabricated side. So, how did you get into sales? How did you you know get get how how did you get to this part of the world? Well, Stacy was doing sales for her father, and then when Fabricated Glass came in and bought us, Stacy and I had made a decision with the twins on their way. She wanted to be more stay home mom and work very limited when she could and help out with accounting and, but she was doing sales for tech glass and she was going to continue to stay on, but this is where the sales part came in. I had to talk my way into allowing, um, well, I, I went to Harvey, flew up to, to talent Oregon and met with him and his wife, Charlene and convinced him that I could do roles. I could be a 1099 independent rep because we did need business at the time, um, fabricated glass specialties in Escondido. Right. And so I dual purpose that role for about seven years. And um, yeah, there was some challenges put it put ahead of me and I had to double the sales in six months. We ended up doing a little bit better than that. And I just 1099 independent rep basically for commission only and then had a salary with with some benefits that I needed for the family. Fantastic. I see it. See, I, I, you know, I've known you for all these years. I never knew that about you. Never knew that you started on the floor. And, uh, you know, because when I got to meet you, you were already, you know, well established as an independent manufacturer's rep. I mean, you were, you know, you're the guy. So, so that that's kind of wild. I, I didn't know you then. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. It really the, the the true independence started with Randy when I when Randy came calling and looking to. Uh, bring me on as a salesperson. I think at the time they were probably thinking as an employee in San Diego. Um, at that point, I went to my father-in-law who was the general manager of all fabricated glass living up in Oregon. And we had a plant at that time in Fairfield, uh, California, Northern Cal plant. And I told him about the situation. I said, I have an idea. I think Harvey's probably not long in the tooth for the Escondido facility. We're not gonna put a tempering oven here, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about maybe selling this division? And he sold that upstream to uh, Harvey and the rest was history. Randy ended up buying fabricated glass Escondido. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and he had the crew, which was really important to me because without that crew, my word and my sales part of it, I felt, you know, was only half the battle. So sure. sure. And by Randy, I, I bought my independence at that point as a commissionable rep but said you got to pay me on a salary 
until I can meet a certain quota to make up for the two checks that I'd be missing out. Sure, sure. And by Randy, that's Randy Steinberg, owner of Glassworks, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of the West Coast king uh, and dominant uh, out there and, and, a, and a good friend and, and, a, and just one of the you know greatest uh, entrepreneurs our industry's ever seen. Uh, and so obviously it fits well with you. Now, Nico, how, you being into the family, uh, you know, how did how did you get your dad to pull you into this? Now, were you guilted like I was by my brother? Uh, in my dad, or did you have it in your blood? Like my brother had it in his blood. My brother from two years old, you know, he drew pictures. I want to be a glass jobber. He he loved it. I didn't want to do it. I had nothing to do with it. Eventually he he connived me, guilted me, gave me, gave me the puppy dog eyes. What was it for you? How did you get into this wild world? Well, I mean, I mean, it wasn't my first choice. Obviously I wanted to be a professional baseball player and play in the major leagues. Like okay. we all, do, you know, sure. but, um, we tried that out, went to school, had some fun, maybe too much fun. But um, I think in the back of my mind, uh, I kind of knew where I was coming back to when all else failed. Um, you know, growing up at Fabricated Glass and becoming Glassworks and, you know, doing odd jobs in the office with my mom, walking around the shop with my dad, getting to know all the guys in the back and seeing how the you know fabrication process takes place and what goes into all of that. Um, it was kind of ingrained into me, I guess. Um, so I knew where I was coming um, eventually. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. I, I never seen myself or never saw myself as a, as a salesperson per se, just because I- That makes two of us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, um, I'm, it's, I don't consider myself um, a very um, outspoken person or, or, or um, uh, forward, you know, type of salesperson, but at the same time, I think people would maybe say the opposite about me. Once you get me talking, it's hard to get me to stop. Gotcha. Anyone who's hung out with me at a at a glass build show knows that. So, um, you know, that's part of what I learned. Just you know, the relationship building. Um, watching this guy over the years and going on sales calls with him. You know, I used to take me on the road as a kid and we we sit in customers offices and still to this day I go in when I'm making calls and I'll see the old fabricated glass samples sitting on their desk from 25 years ago and it's just it. it's come full circle for me really um you know growing up in that shop and and seeing what it's become now it's 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 pretty crazy with what you were saying about glassworks and how big they've become on the west coast yeah. over the last gosh 10 years or so it's amazing it, so, tru it truly is. It truly is. Well, good. It's good, to have, it, it's good to have you in the industry, Nico. We need the young blood Thank and you. you've got that. And I think that's important. And you got the great bloodlines too, from your dad and mom who are tremendous people. And, uh, and so let's talk a little bit about architectural glazing solutions, uh, ags-ca.com online. Uh, what's, what's the keys here for you guys? What's, what's the, uh, you know, what, what's the main thing you, you guys represent and do out in the West? Well, for us, I mean, we've over the, <laughs> I've been doing this now with the group for, for 10 years and um, we've, we've had different product lines and companies run their courses and a few that have really, you know, been a cornerstone for, for AGS. So, you know, up until this point and um, through the last three years of COVID we've really seen our business model kind of transform into something where we're, ch we're, we're chasing a lot of, private jobs and and mixed use projects with our railing, which leads us into projects very early on, which we we find as an advantage where we get to meet with the 
the owner developer sometimes the the gc who's got the project and architect. they've got funding the architect who's drawn the project and those are the relationships that we like to you know build up um you know where we, we have these 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 people these customers who who trust working with us they know we're going to we're, we, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. And that's one thing that I, that's always hung with me learning that from my dad. Um, yeah. Do what you say you're going to do, even if it's not what the customer wants to hear in that moment, um, be forward with them and, and, you know, have a, be a source that they can trust. And, and, and that's really what it's become is, is we've become a source for, um, for answers in this glazing and architectural metals world where uh, things aren't detailed correctly with, with railing in general. It's one of our biggest product lines. And for whatever reason, the, the details aren't really figured out on that scope a lot of the times. And, <laughs> you know, that's where we, that's where we like to, you know, jump in, jump in, you know, that's a perfect spot for us to kind of share our knowledge and, and help get the project going out of the gates. Um, as far as our scope is concerned, you know, we're a, a small piece of these big high rise buildings, but um, it's front and center a lot of the times with the railing and the glass, you know, it's a, one of the first things you see when you walk up to the building. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great for us to, you know, go down, go downtown now and see the, the skyline just building up, you know, downtown in San Diego. It's really incredible to watch. Um, and the growth that we've seen over the last 10 years has been, it's been wild. It's rewarding to see. The it is. Yeah. You get to see what you've done right there from center every time you go downtown. So it's, it's fun. You see, you guys represent like the whole range. I mean, you have something for everybody and San Diego is the greatest. So it's a perfect combination of you guys have everything to offer and you're in one of the greatest cities in America. <laughs> it's pretty cool Absolutely. here. The weather's perfect. I just read that it's the most expensive city in yes. America now, which, which surprised me. So, yes. uh, yeah. Well, that that surprised me too, considering how much it costs in New York. I mean, I think you you know, know. and plus you know, you've got the Boston roots, and and it, yeah. it, it it's not cheap in Massachusetts either. So I'm surprised, but yeah. San, San Diego is awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Like what what you said there, um, just just having what people need, and and kind of aligning our product line and manufacturers to kind of be the one-stop shop. That's what we always kind of wanted to be, but yep. um, we've simplified it. We've, yeah. We've tried to simplify over the years and, and do what we're real good at. Thanks um, to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah I so. listened. We had too much going on, you know, and I talked to other independent reps, obviously that were mentors to me. And, and a lot of them would say, you don't want to get caught up in having too many product lines. It's, right. it's, it's, it's too overwhelming and focus on, what you're good at. And um, yeah, over the years, it's kind of simplified. Really our focus is fire rated glazing and framing, right. obviously wholesale glass, right? Um, mostly on the architectural side, uh, commercial glazers, uh, which has been great because when you and I got together at the old United Glass yeah. uh, merger, Glassworks was really not known to be a supplier to the contract glazing or a residential supplier. Correct. major changes have taken place since then correct yeah the growth the growth there's amazing and so you know people who want to see everything that uh dan and nico have going on and stacy too who's not uh on here with us architecture yeah, let's blazing. not forget about her yeah. she's vital i wish she was here uh, yeah I, I don't fires. I don't forget about her at all. And I yeah. know she's holding down the fort because she always is. All right. So, but uh, yeah. Architectural Glazing Solutions, find them online, ags-ca.com. 
uh, for all the info and, and who they cover. And uh, yeah, so it's Dan, Stacy, Nico, the team, everybody really doing well. And, you know, one of the things, Dan, that, that uh, I, I wanted to bring up was was the California Glass Association. It, it finally launched. It's come back. It was uh, a big piece of our world for a long time and, and then disappeared. And then uh, a few years ago, you said, you know, I really want this to come back. We need something like this. And you were one of the first people to really bang that drum uh, that got picked up. And, and now it's a it's a chapter of the NGA. Uh, the the California Glass Association. You've yeah. got to be got to be pretty darn proud. I mean, this was one of the things that you made your kind of mantra when nobody else was was uh, singing that tune. So, uh, how do you feel about that? That's got to make you feel pretty good. I feel good, but you're giving me too much credit. Christy really, really, uh, she did the hard work, and 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 we owe it all to her. And we're in the infancy stages, but you are right. We're now officially a member. We yep. just had a meeting last week up at uh, Tim's place, Leinhart, and uh, I got to know him at Glazing Concepts. Yep, getting to get to go golfing. These are the reasons why we need this because there was a misnomer out there that you should be not friendly with certain. You know, no, I think you keep the network tight. Yeah, and I I think there's a lot of value to having the Glazers communicate in a way that we can be a better, more informed industry. And train the younger people yeah uh like this guy you know because yeah. we need these guys to carry on the torch it's it's all about it's all about that that it, it, that community and building it up and making the culture overall we all talk about culture of the companies we need to keep talking about the culture of the industry it's a great industry you know yeah. and, and things like the california glass association christy rayberg is fantastic she was on my podcast along with nathan and, and adam you know when, when things were getting launched but i wanted to give you your proper credit because you. you were the first one to come to me and say hey what do we gotta do you know i'm a cheerleader for for sure because I'm, yeah. I'm I, that's how i was brought up in the industry great yeah. memories and it's i'm excited about it yeah so you, so i i want to make sure your help too yeah well Thanks. i want to make sure you get your props you know, you've you've brought a lot to the table and uh and, 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 and you, you've played some hidden roles and I, that's why I like having this podcast with you because I got to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with Randy Steinberg and that was because of you, you know, you're the one who, who pulled it all together and you, you know, again, you didn't take any credit for it and you deserved all the credit for it, you know? And so, so you are going to get to know. So I was proud of that one yeah. because that took some work and I thought you did an amazing job with that. that was thank cool. you. Thank you. And that was incredible to, to be able to talk to him. He's uh, he's unreal, but thank you to you. So, so that brings me to the next question for both of you. And I'm really curious, especially with Nico, because he's, you're, you know, he's sitting right next to you, but I'll start with you, Dan, your mentors, uh, you know, who, who are they, who were they and, uh, and, and why well, tell me about your mentors. That's my fun question. Be for you. Quick, Cause there's a few of them, but you yeah. know, I, I didn't get to know my dad until I was about 15, but as I got to know my father, he taught me the, the, the meaning of sweeping a broom aggressively. And I say that my son knows it, but it's a, it's an ongoing joke. He would, Constantly tell me as I was working for him part-time in high school in the summers, hey, if you're standing around doing nothing, there's something wrong. Grab yeah. that broom and, and sweep aggressively. And I think that stuck with me. And, you know, he he was a plumbing uh, HVAC contractor. He always did uh, a clean, organized job. And uh, he taught me some value there. Um, so one of the things that I remember about my dad is I would have to get up every Saturday, no matter what condition I happened to be in in high school and have to clean out the garage. And if you know plumbers, they have a lot of stuff. So that oh, yeah. now today I keep my garage spotless and I, I owe that a lot to him. But Harvey Holtz is another gentleman that mm -hmm. um, was instrumental in, in taking time with me to teach me 
the value and understanding the basics of a, a profit and loss statement and how important it is to pay attention to that and what inventory means. And, you know, I'm not just a sales guy that wants to sell at the bottom line due to people like Harvey. He taught me a lot there. Nice. He also taught me um, when talking to a customer, emphasizing do you, there's no reason to embellish what happened with today's delivery. Don't tell them that the, you know, the, the tires out from the track, tell them the truth. Your driver didn't show up today. This is an ongoing issue. And, you know, people relate more to, those things. Uh, Ken Pym, my father-in-law, Stacy's dad, who's uh, a, a guy that encouraged me to stay and give the industry a, a shot. I owe him an awful lot, not only uh, in my business life, but also personally. He showed sure. me how to become the man that I hope to continue to be as a father. And um, there was a few others. Steve Tortomasi, uh, a client at the time, he's uh, owner of glass plaques. They do glass trophies. Right. He taught me the the art of negotiating and how to do a fair deal, you know, and, and compromise. But most importantly, emphasize it. Always do what you say you're going to do. Gotcha. People like that have been really instrumental. And of course, Randy, in a silent way, yeah. um, just being able to watch him for 30 plus years is just mind boggling. And to think when he's not paying attention to know that he is. Yeah. That's the amazing part. Yeah. He doesn't, Randy doesn't miss anything. Doesn't miss anything. Never has, never will. Um, just a truly amazing human. So, so Nico pressure on mentors. I mean, are you, do you have to say, you don't have to say your dad, you know, but. Yeah, I, I can't uh, wait know. to hear these answers. It doesn't, yeah. I've, I've never asked him these questions. This, this is a uh, tough one for you. He's, you're sitting right next to him. No, I no mean, question. gosh, if I, I wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for my dad, you know, and my, and my mom, they both, yeah. They were, they've both been in the industry as long as I can remember. And, um, like growing up in the, in the, the glass fabrication facility was, I mean, it's, it's something you tell your friends at school when you're a kid and it's, it, they never, nobody ever thinks about where the glass is made. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. But it's everywhere. And that's one thing I kept r reminding myself of there's glass on every single building they build. And I was always thankful that my dad was able to coach me growing up um, and, and kind of have an open schedule where he was able to do things like that. And so I, I, I knew that it was a career that I could see myself doing in the future, but, you know, it's obviously he's my biggest mentor. Just um, it's probably, it's, he's laughing. We're laughing. We're both laughing. Oh, because, smiling, dude. <laughs> um, I don't want to get emotional here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we tend to butt heads, you know, we, we have opposite personalities but we are also the same in a lot of ways where um we tend to butt heads a little bit and and not give each other the uh, the props that we probably want to say at the, sure. at the time but sure. later on once we've you know decompressed um uh he's, he's probably loving to hear this right now but yeah i mean you're probably my biggest mentor for sure just um just watching you and, and picking up things even though you may not think that i'm picking up things i think that i do i love um, it i've learned a lot from you know you and how to work with people and um you know get the information you want wow. which is which is nice you made my day we uh, gave made my month <laughs> there you go i, I love um, it yeah i mean I, i'm 10 years in now and and you know every day i'm learning something new pretty yeah. much at this point and so i i try to treat everyone i come in contact with as a potential mentor you know and so smart um, one that really comes to mind that i i 
really enjoy my time with and everything that I've learned from him is, is Paul Zen, the owner of East West and Loomcraft. That's uh, another one that I wanted to add. Good guy. He, yeah. He's just, you know, he's the type of guy that he has the same type of attitude as us. And we do what we say we're going to do and, 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 you know, we do it right. Um, hopefully. Yeah. And, and so I've learned, you know, a lot from him on the railing industry, how to, how to get things done the right way there, how to detail railing properly. And, and the types of types of things you need to to know to be good in that industry and um yeah i mean i probably i've never told anybody any of these things but yeah paul is definitely somebody that i look up to in the industry um i love it so, yeah I love it. so i mean he's probably one of my biggest right now i mean like i said everyone his sister louisa i learn stuff from her all the time she's the one that handles our bidding and project managing and almost everything up there she she's a superhero so those are the types of people that I, I look up to in the industry, people that have been doing it for a long time and and know what they're talking about. Um, it, and to be a trusted resource is something that I want to pride myself on. Max, I'd like to mention one thing with Paul Zen because I think it's important, you know, sure. we're doing on independence. But one of the key things that Paul Zen taught me, and I started my business um, with him in 2009 and for me, it'll be a lifetime dealing, hopefully, my son. Yeah. Uh, they're that kind of people. But he taught me the meaning of a handshake deal that actually means something. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and in my industry, you, you can be in a situation where there is a disagreement between a manufacturer and a rep, and parting your ways could be ugly. But I've, I've been pretty fortunate not to have too much trouble in, in that area. But Paul Zen reinforced that. Uh, principle that I grew up with that you can Great. shake a person's hand and, and have a deal. But he also taught me something really important. You'll probably get a kick out of this, but as a salesperson, sales, salesperson, you understand the meaning to be able to say no to someone too. Yeah. When the time, uh, 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 you know, happens. And that's something Paul Zen taught me. And I was probably in my early forties at the time. So yeah, that's a it tough was a one. Good lesson. There's power in no sometimes. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and I loved you know, what Nico said about continuing to learn from people because that's a that's a tough one. You're in it 10 years and, and you know, a lot of people feel like they know everything by 10 years in. And I love the fact that you're saying, you know, yeah, I'm learning every day. And I think that's that's crucial. You have to keep doing that. This is great. I'm with Dan and Nico Pompeo, Architectural Glazing Solutions. Catch them online at ags-ca.com. Uh, super manufacturers reps, one of the best uh, groups around, class acts. So let's talk a little bit. What's what's hot out there for you guys right now? What are you seeing? I mean, obviously the railings uh, are just just you know just smoking hot. Um, you know, but but uh, you know that and what else? And what else is cooking out there for you guys? Obviously, the 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 railing is just blown up for us. I mean, it's been consistent. We've been very lucky through the the last three years of COVID. I mean, that's like its own era in itself, um, you know, for everyone. But what do you see new, though? Like, we're getting some... <laughs> it's funny that I mean, it's a good question, because the one thing that I keep noticing is just the jobs just keep getting bigger and more pronounced, really, wow. is, is what I keep saying. I mean, we're doing one right now with Mortensen McCarthy Joint Venture down in Chula Vista Gaylord Convention Center and Hotel, and it's kind of outside the the typical railing job for us, you know, we're looking at mixed use, private work, apartments, apartments, condos, yeah. stuff like that. And this came 
around and uh, you know i'm like this is the type of job that we really want to be a part of something that's a monumental type job yep. Yep. people are going to be aware of um and that job's about 50 percent up right now we're we're getting ready to start putting some railing in there so it's going to be real exciting to see a job like that go up and and have that one completed in the next year or two here um but yeah i mean it, even with he sold that job <laughs> love it on his right. own Way and to it's go. It's funny that's because you know he's very technical, and the the younger uh, crew over there, the the buyout team, I could tell was not going to take the Boston aggressive. Hey, is it time to give me the contract approach? <laughs> Although that's tamed a lot in, yeah. in my older years. I'll, I I do like being aggressive because that's in my DNA. Okay, yeah. but Nico, I felt was the man that needed to handle this crew. And, and I thought he did a seamless job of it. Yeah. Well, the technical, you know, I've I've said it before on this podcast, that technical sales has become, it's just crucial. And you guys had said it before about the resource. You want to be, you know, known as a resource and that goes hand in hand. I mean, when you can get technical and be that resource, people start to really trust you because trust is everything, you know, friendship, friendship gets your feet in the door. Friendship keeps the, the, the progress alive, but it's that ability to give, answers and direction and dig into things you know with your customer that makes a difference so i could see how that works and especially on a project like that um exciting i mean it's a little good cop bad cop at times you know it's (laughs) it's got one angle and you know which is we do need that angle too a lot of the times you know because uh there are certain customers that that relate better with with him and his personality versus my personality and so it's it's a good combo and we've we're learning to tailor it every day with how we approach customers and and who wants to deal with the old man and who wants to deal with me, but old man, <laughs> I'm getting old too. I just turned 34 max. So, um, you don't look at Yeah. It. So, but it's like you said, the technical side, especially with railing and how it's not detailed a lot of the times when it comes out, just being help, you know, helping the GC architect developer figure that scope out and, and, and get it going in the right direction. And, and that's really how, I approached that that Gaylord project. It's you know the biggest job we've ever sold, really. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, as far yeah. as um, you know, the the spotlight on it, I would say downtown there, or, and um, you know, just just giving that whole group that was working on the. There's two GCs working the job. There's there's a big architect from out of state working it. You know, and and having the ability to kind of guide them into a direction design where assist we were going to, we were going to get that job. You know, that was drawn as stainless steel um, on that, on that project, to be honest with everybody. And um, I just knew on a job that big, it probably wouldn't end up going that route. And I knew that we could do something very close and mimic that look in aluminum. So we presented some other projects that we had done with the kind of, you know, frameless front glazed aluminum railing system in, in a in a in a shiny metallic finish to kind of give it that upper class stainless vibe with without the the stainless price tag and it really caught on quickly and it it turned into a, a project for us and we're very excited to to be a part of that one can't wait value engineered <laughs> that that word that's what i hear a lot in the last three years value engineered somebody's gonna do it yeah 
Yeah. So. Well, and you found a way to work around it. You know, you found a way to get your product on there and, and, uh, and it sounds like it's fantastic. Can't wait to see that. So, uh, I love it. I love it. This is cool. I, I know you guys are busy. A couple more questions before I let you go. Uh, you know, the, the, the one I was really curious about, and before we started, Nico said he gets to handle this one, but uh, Dan, I still am going to ask you about it, but Nico, yeah, go ahead, bud. Fa- fa- family business, you know, I grew up in a family business. I know yeah, how hard it is. Now, what's interesting is that your mom is in the business. See, my mom wasn't in the business. And so, you know, I and I at first I wasn't in the business. I think I've told the story on the podcast before that, you know, my brother and my sister and my dad were all in the business and I was much younger and my mom wasn't in the business. And my brother and my sister and my dad, you know, would have some healthy conversations at dinner. They were not great, you know, you know, because they were all in different parts of the world. And my mom would usually speak up and go, well, how's the weather? Just trying to change the subject desperately. Yes. And I was sitting there going, I, I can't wait till dinner's over. I just want to keep eating and get away from these people. I don't want to be in this business. This is nuts. Somehow yeah. or another, I ended up in it. And I know how tough it is turning it on and off, you know, and, and now you've got families and, and and so on and so forth. So Nico, how you know, you've been in it 10 years. How is it working with mom and dad? I mean, that's got to be, you know, there's some challenges there. And, and you said that you, you, you know, you, you run into some things. How's it been for you? And, and uh, you know, and how do you roll through it? Uh, I mean, thank goodness for for my mom. Um, she really is probably the one that's kept it together this long because of him and I, you know, <laughs> butt heads from time to time on, on certain things. Um, and, you know, we just know at the end of the day that we all have the common goal, um, you know, and, and there's, there's nowhere for us to go. What are we doing here? You know, yeah. we've been doing this for so long. We, I was born into this industry. Love it's it. ingrained into us at this point. So we just know at the end of the day, you know, as much as we want to, you know, yell or, or get into disagreements with each other that at the end of the day, we're all in it together uh, no yep. matter what, and, you know, we do carry it over. It's funny. We always go on vacations together and start talking work. Once we've had a couple of drinks and you, you and know, your mom do, I, yeah. I'm, I'm the one that backs out, tries to turn it off. And it's, yeah, it's funny because he's, he's the more outgoing and like forward person in, yeah. in our three, because me and my mom are probably more quiet until we get going. And then you, you can't shut us up. It's funny. My sisters, they get so upset, you know, that we're talking work every time we go out on vacation, they ask about the weather, but there um, you go. Yeah, so, yeah. but it's hard, you know, it's, there's, it's, we, 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 wake up and it's, it's glass and we go to bed and it's glass and it's, it's always been that way. So it's hard to turn it off, you know, and, but that's the part about it. It's like, it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's also the hardest thing in the world working with your family, you know, because, you know, you just, <laughs> it's there, it's there, it's there. Yeah, yeah. Always have somebody that yeah. you can, you, you know, when you're feeling a certain way about a job, you know, you know, the other person's probably feeling the same way too. And, um, you know, you always have somebody that you can go to and decompress and, 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 you know, clear the air and you don't have to keep carrying it on. You don't have to have an awkward, you know, work relationship with some, some coworker. This is my family, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we get, we get past these, these disagreements and, and move on fairly quickly, which is always great. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's something we all live with. And, and, and curious, Dan, how, how, how's it been? You got Nico in the business. I can't believe it's been 10 years. That's I know, I know you, Max, I'm, I'm everything has come full circle. You know, I, I spent the first six years thinking I had to make him into me yeah. as a salesperson because that was the only success path that I knew as a salesperson. And I did, I, as we stated earlier, I never really considered myself a salesperson. So, you know, the aggressive nature of asking for orders and, 
And being outgoing like that, I thought would be the only way he could do it. About four years ago, I came to terms based on feedback that I would receive from customers that we enjoy working with Nico and this is why. And they would express his knowledge and his ability to still care like mom and dad, but you know, it was, it's a different passion. And so I think like Nico said, we all complement each other. It's been relieving as a father with a son to know that not only is he a, um, a guy that could take my business over and he could have a business of his own, what he yeah. can make of what he wants. It's, you're limitless of what, where you could go with this. Yeah. Um, He's also a, a dad and, yep. and he's made me very proud as a, as a grandfather. So personally and professionally, I'm, I, I can die in peace. You know, I, I've seen the pictures on Facebook. It's, a, you know, I, I've seen that it's a, it's a boy, it's a great a grandson. Great right? Anthony, yeah. yeah. Great looking kid. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you've done very well, Nico. Very it's well. After his there you go. And, 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 and I would be remiss. I have to mention that you know of the twin girls, your daughter Allie is is one of my all time heroes. She designed the logo for this podcast, uh, and she's done some work with me. She's one of the most talented humans around. I wish we could get her in the industry, but I think or she might not. be too smart for us uh, here in the yeah. industry. She's definitely she'd be more talented than anybody in this industry right now, except maybe you know right on with Nico, dead on you know dead race with Nico, but. There, Allie is uh, a one, so kudos to to Allie. And I don't know your your other daughter, but I'm sure she's just up there as well. She's she's doing great. She's a therapist. And yeah, she's a psychologist. She keeps us all online. Perfect. My God. <laughs> and she's moving to Philly. She's moving Oof. to Philly yeah, in yeah. about two months. I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I think she'll be back. That's uh, hey, you know, you got to spread the wings a little bit. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I'm with Dan and Nico Pompio, great people from Architectural Glazing Solutions, AGS-CA.com. Uh, we're missing Stacy, uh, the other part of this uh, equation. She's putting out fires, so we're thinking about her. But uh, last question for you guys: what, what it? What's next year looking like? You know, it's funny. We just got out of Glassfield. Um, Glassfield was amazingly popular this year. It was packed house. Everybody was really upbeat. There is a little bit of a worry about where the economy is right now, where it's going. The economist kind of, you know, gave everybody a little bit of pause and said, you know, let's be smart out there, start to conserve some cash, you know, use your head, you know, you know, the the waters are choppy. I think we all know that. How's things looking for you guys? Yeah. I mean, cuz California is usually that bellwether. Things start in California and I always say this on every pod and I think almost things start in California and always move east. Uh how are you feeling about next year and and beyond with the economy and the forecasting? Well, I feel it works the other way. I think it starts the east and works its way okay. to the west. Interesting. I could be biased now, but um, you know, Max, it would be unrealistic to think that this pace in construction could continue. It's, right. it, to me, it just doesn't seem, you know, sustainable. Sure. Uh, the building index is something that I think we both pay attention to. That's been significantly uh, dropping and. Yes. Uh, because we work on projects a year and a half, two years out with the design assist and working with owner developers and general contractors, we're seeing projects get shelved due to um, severe escalation in cost and obviously concerns, interest rates are high. So to, to know that the economy for at least my standpoint has been going from 2009 to 2023, continually upward, we had our best years during a pandemic. Right. Right. You, you, you got to think we're going to see a slowdown. I, I predict that it's already happened. 
Yeah. Um, we've seen a drop off with residential sales about 20, 25%. At least we have uh, others I speak to have said the same. Okay. Uh, our contract glazers, the ones that are established that, that, that are aggressively pursuing every quote out there are busy. We have worked through 2025 midpoint as far as long-term projects. Okay. But we're going to have to um, buckle down. He's not seen a recession. He's been with me 10 years and this has been a long run. So I've seen three of them in my career and I think we're overdue and uh, we just have to be ready. And we have always been good about reinventing ourselves and and doing what it takes to stay busy and keep our business, our customers, um, you know, informed of what's happening next as well. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think the nice thing about you is you're diverse, you know, you have the different lines, you know, and, and so you're able to, when one is up, maybe the other one might be down and vice versa. And, uh, you know, I think that that smart diversity right now is huge, you know, just, you know, making sure that you have not all of your eggs in one basket, you know, mm-hmm. so, so you can protect against that. And I think you guys do that. So I appreciate that insight because it, it is, you know, you do see further into the future than most of my guests. Uh, and so that that helps give me an idea. And I think you're right. I mean, I, I think, unfortunately, you know, we're kind of long overdue. I think that that, you know, COVID kind of just messed everything up and threw everything into a little bit of a muck. And yeah, things went crazy, but I think maybe we were headed towards finally cooling off, you know, around 2020. And and then it just kind of took a pause, went crazy for a while, just pent up energy. And now we're kind of due to get something here to, you know, start to cool off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we'll stay busy. I, I don't expect record years, but for sure we have to buckle down, you know, when you're an eat what you kill, yeah, salesperson, you know, you find ways to 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 develop income. <laughs> it's just an excellent thing. And, and I think I think I'm going to use you know from here on out, you know, you know, for, for dealing with you know going forward, sweep aggressively. I think that's uh, you know I think that's the that that's it. I mean, you know what? When we battle, we got to sweep aggressively. You know, I that's it. I think I think your dad nailed it, and you carry it on, and I, I, I'm taking it. Yeah, you know, I've taken. You know, Ran, Randy Steinberg said uh, he never looks back. Never looks back, only yeah. looks forward. And, yeah. and and I've taken that and I've I've lived with that to, to much where people are, are tired of me when they say, why won't you look back? I'm like, Randy Steinberg said, you never look back. You yeah, know, and you, you can't change the past no matter how powerful you think it, you are. Exactly. So I, I've always, I've lived by that since that talk with him a couple of years ago. And now I'm adding sweep aggressively to that, okay, uh, cool. that pantheon. Because I think that's, I think that's, you know, I'm a big keep plugging, keep chopping sort of guy. And I just like, the, I like that term. And I think that that's something we all have to do. We all have to do. So, so no, this has been great. This, I appreciate you guys taking the time. I know you're busy, especially when, like you said, you're, you're kill, you're eat what you kill sort of guys. You have to hustle, you know, any day that you're not in the office is, is lost opportunity, you know? Right. And, and, and so uh, you taking a half hour, 40 minutes to sit with me is, uh, is, is, is awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Been with Dan and Nico Pompeo, owners of architectural glass uh, glazing, architectural glazing solutions. Please check them out at ags-ca.com. See everything that they do. Good people. You'll see them uh, most likely at the next glass build or whatever the next big event is because they're always supporting the industry. Guys, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Been a pleasure. Appreciate it, buddy. Good to see you. Thank you. Okay, okay. Time for a little bit of a catch-up. I've got Ron Parker, CEO of Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions. You can find them online at BallisticGlassAndArmor.com. And uh, he might look familiar. And, and the reason I've got him back is Ron's a good friend. 
I had him on this podcast back in October of 2021. Uh, at that point, he was just your everyday leading consultant in our industry, helping multitudes of people out. But uh, since then, a little bit of a life change. Uh, you, you've landed. Uh, and, and so that's why I was like, hey, this would be a great idea. Uh, the fact that I do consider you a good friend, it's time to uh, update everybody on uh, what's been going on in the world of Ron Parker and uh, very important stuff, too. So, Ron, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Max. I really appreciate it. It's great to have you back, and I'm thrilled to kind of update everybody. So before we get into you know the, the whole update thing, not everybody saw that October 21 podcast. Uh, just a quick little rundown. You've been in our world for a long time and and held some some uh, major, major positions and made some some great roads. Uh, but but just a kind of an update about uh, your path uh, into the glass industry, where you came from and where you're at now. All right. Um, yeah, started in the glass industry in a small fabricator in Oregon, Oregon, Oregon Glass at the time, and uh, kind of was brought in there to try to help turn the company around. Uh, we did, worked at that for a couple of years and got it turned around and took enough of the uh, competition's lunch that uh, they bought us. Right. Um, and also got the attention of a couple other larger players in the same process. So shortly after the company was bought, um, uh, I was offered an opportunity to join Cardinal. Um, and uh, obviously, fantastic company with some incredible leadership with Roger and and uh, the the uh, the old guard that's been with that group since the beginning and just really outstanding folks was uh, asked to build the factory in Galt, California to make low E. Right. Uh, we did that and ran that for about eight years. Um, had a great team of people uh, helping me at that factory. Um, had an opportunity to. Uh, get back into the Pacific Northwest where I'm from. So moved back up there to run uh, Vitrum Glass Industries in Langley, Br British Columbia, international travel on a daily basis, driving across the border. Oh my. Uh, which is a, yeah. That's a special experience in itself. Yeah. Especially when the Olympics were up or about the same time. So anyway, did that uh, for about five, four and a half, five years, I think. Um, and then was uh, asked to go, Joined the high-tech end of the business and get into the dynamic glass side. It was right. uh, asked to go down to Silicon Valley and interview with Vue. Uh, at the time, it was Solidime. Right. Um, but understood the product and and the plans and the launch and and was asked to help them scale from the laboratory in, in uh, Silicon Valley to a full-scale factory. Uh, we ended up uh, landing that factory in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Um, a lot of incentives to get there for the state and... and uh, uh, some other advantages to being that from a central standpoint, one of the largest distribution hubs in the country right there in Memphis. Yeah. So it uh, worked pretty well from that standpoint. We built that factory and got it up and running and uh, scaled the dynamic glass from at the time, I think it was about a 24 by 24 inch piece was the largest they could produce on the coder in California up to a full five, five foot by 10 foot right. and larger. Um, did that, that was venture capital. It was supposed to be a quick, let's, this is either going to succeed or fail quickly. And if it succeeds, everybody's going to walk away rich. And if it fails, then you just go find something else to do. Right. Seven years later, it was still plugging away, but we hadn't seen that big exit yet. And, right. uh, once again, my wife and I decided it was time to, to get back to the Pacific Northwest where we're from. So headed back uh, up there and started back in the glass industry up there in uh, Vancouver, Washington, with a, a good personal friend of mine. Um, ended up, ended up having to drop out of the glass industry to do a health diagnosis of uh, 
ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. Thought my thought my uh, story was going to end there. True. And it ended up not. Um, changed my life, my lifestyle, everything I was doing, and got a lot of the negative stuff out of my life and focused on yoga and meditation and a really healthy lifestyle with running and exercise and got a bunch of weight off and, and got a lot of negativity out of my life. And for some reason, I ended up being one of the 40 some people now in recorded history who had ALS and didn't die of it and actually reversed and and I'm healthier now than I've ever been. So truly amazing, truly amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And coming out of that, that period of my life, trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do? Um, wanted to, you know, it was an incredible gift to be able to to go through that process and and think that that's your future and it's that dark and that bleak and and start thinking about life differently. Um, came out of that trying to find a way to make the biggest impact in a positive way that I could. Um, I, I had a really good friend who was a consultant in the glass industry who suggested I should think about going into consulting. You right. might know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and, uh, you actually helped me find the first couple of clients. And I think when we talked last, that's, I was in full-time consulting. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah. And, and, and again, I, 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 you know, I think you could have stayed in the, the full-time consulting, but then you, you landed upon ballistic glass and armor solutions in Texas. Uh, yep. and, and, and what's interesting is, is, uh, probably when you landed there, you know, it was a, it was a product that was on the move and, and, and upwards. But since then, uh, you know, so many things have happened in our, our world, uh, uh, you know, not for the greatest, but for, for what you're making there, it, it became a, a very, uh, you know, crucial everyday sort of product. So you went and you left being a full-time consultant to now being the CEO at Ballistic Glass. And so that's where you're at now. Yeah, and I'm actually uh, privileged to be one of the owners of the company now. And, uh, you know, when I joined, it was, you know, I started consulting here. It was just trying to get literally a phoenix coming out of the ashes. The co right. company had suffered some uh, very severe financial uh, issues with some embezzlement, and it was basically a patient on life support. Um, there was a, a really dedicated crew here keeping it alive, but that's all it was. It was just barely alive. Um, so we've worked really hard over the last uh, two years with with this crew. Um, great people really dedicated to this and a lot of support from the uh, majority owner. And we've continued to double sales on an annual basis and get the get our feet back under us um, and get back to where we're the company that we want to be. We're getting closer to that. We're still a work in progress and a lot of things that are changing and improving. But but uh, we feel like we're in the right part of the market at the right time, which is a little different than where I was in the dynamic space where yeah, yep. product a little before it's time, um, still a good product, but a product that's probably too, before it's time. This unfortunately is like you I said, it's, yeah. what's happening in the world right now. The demand is just going up for these products. Um, you know, I, in the glass industry, I'd been around and knew of ballistics and people who were doing the stuff. And it was always something I just didn't want anything to do with little niche market where they're, you know, you just, they're selling military and, 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 you know, when you sell the military and the government, they're in your shorts telling you what you can and can't do. And it just was something I, I intentionally avoided. Yeah. Uh, but when I met this group and saw what they were doing and a lot of the products, most, a big percentage of what we're doing is going into schools to protect yeah. kids and teachers yeah. and educators um, and other applications where, you know, it's a, it's a life safety product and, and done right. It's phenomenal what these products can do. Um, and unfortunately, with the insanity in our world today, the demand's going up. And yeah. uh, so that's we're here trying to 
meet that need um, and see what we can do to help people protect themselves and their families and their businesses. And that's huge. That's huge. And what's, before we move on to, to ballistic glass, what's fascinating about you is this is what chapter five or chapter six now in your life. I mean, you've done the fabricated thing. You've done the manufacturer, you know, the primary manufacturer. You've done the the super specialty, you know, electrochromic. You know, you did the consulting where you had your fingers in a whole bunch of different things. And now you're in the you know ballistic side of things. And and so that's why I loved you as a consultant, because you're a Swiss army knife. You know, there's nothing that you don't know and nothing that doesn't scare you, you know, and I, but I love that you're an owner now and, 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 a, and, a, and a leader now in our industry again. And I think that's great for our world. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a really interesting process learning these products and technology. I'm still, I would say, a bit of a novice on the, on the uh, ballistic and security glazing standpoint, but I'm learning fast. Yeah. Drinking from a fire hose right now, but, um, and we're already in the process right now of working hard at improving these products, um, and bringing in some new uh, materials and thinning the pro the layups up and and making them lighter and thinner, is really important because it just expands the number of applications where these products can be used. Typically. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this stuff is just so thick and heavy that it can't go into normal frames, and then it, it just ends up getting value engineered out of projects. So huge, and, and I have it on the list to talk more about some of the new products and new ideas. But uh, just an overview: so ballistic glass is is basically your, uh, you know, every you know you know kind of you know one stop shop for you know everything in that ballistic space. So your UL seven fifty twos through now the things like the school glazing, which is crucial to, you know, offices, retail, you know, you're encompassing everything. I so you're touching every part of that security protective side, correct? Yeah, the, the, we don't do, you know, it's interesting with the company name Ballistic Glass and Armor. We don't, the company used to do some body armor and some okay. some other armor products. We're, we focus on glazing. Gotcha. Uh, but, well, and and we do the frames as well. We do ballistic storefront and ballistic doors and uh, you know aluminum doors that we uh, make whatever level of ballistic uh, that is needed. So we do the, the, the windows and doors, but that's that's our main focus. We're not doing any other armor products at this point. So gotcha, gotcha. And and, and so I think uh, you know again, it's 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 a growing product. And and the one story that you told me that I, I want to get into now is is how big it's grown and how important it is and how the product actually performs. And that was with uh, a local optometrist. Uh, it was a building owner who it, it, inside the building was a, an uh, optometrist. Uh, and and uh, I, I'll let you kind of tell the story. It's fascinating. They, they made all the right moves. And, and and yet, I think when the audience hears the end of the story, they're going to be flabbergasted. But uh, go ahead. If you could talk yeah. a little bit about... The project uh, there in Dallas with the uh, the eyeglass, sunglass frames, and and everything. Uh, I think it, this one will throw people. Well, I'll start with a little bit of background first. One yep. of the things that I've, that we've introduced in the last twelve months is a program I call Forever Sync. So when I get into got in this product and recognized these are not you know your typical ten dollars square foot products. These are very expensive when you get into these these products. And the thing that was bothersome to me is if it ever did its job yeah you had a bad day you, crime occurred somebody tried to attack the glass did its job that's a bad day the positive thing is glass did its job but now on top of the trauma that you go through i got to spend that money again and replace the glass so we implemented what we call forever safe which means if you buy a piece of this product from us a, a ballistic glass 
uh, product, if it's ever damaged in an actual shooting or forced entry crime, we will replace that product for life. One time, I'm not going right. to replace the same window that gets shot out four times, but if it ever does its job and there's some conditions, we have to have a police report filed, we got to be able to take photos and videos and interviews, potentially bring it back for post-mortem post analysis at the factory if we choose that. So we had that system in place. Um, we, I got a call from a, a, a client saying, hey, I need to replace some of the glass I bought from you two years ago because we got attacked. Mm -hmm. Well, two years ago was before this was in place. And I just thought, you know what? It's the right thing to do. We're going to grandfather you in. And I told him about Forever Safe. And he was thrilled. Um, turned out his facility is less than two miles as a crow flies from where my office is right here. So jumped in the car and drove over there. Uh, this is a, a gentleman who built a building. His two daughters are both optometrists, and right. he built a building for their office, and the other end's a dental office, and there's some other in it. So, But the, the optometrist's office, his daughter's business, is extremely high-end um, retail, so they're doing yep. flame, you know, Louis Vuitton and frames that, that are worth thousands of dollars, glasses that are worth thousands of dollars. The reason he put the glass in in the first place was two years ago, a little over two years ago, his business was attacked. They broke in right. through the glass, broke a window, got in on a weekend, stole all the inventory of value. And because the building was breached, it was a stormy weekend. The building flooded. He couldn't get replacement glass for weeks. It was boarded up. He basically had to shut the business down for several weeks. Insurance right. claim, all of that. So he, intelligent guy, he said, I'm not going to let this happen again. He called us and, and we put glass just in his existing frames, retrofitted mm -hmm. our one of our lower levels of glass into those frames. So on the 4th of July this year, he and his two daughters were up camping at their cabin in, in uh, northern Texas and, and got a call in the middle of the night saying, hey, your alarm's going off. Somebody's breaking into your building. And they immediately panicked, start packing their stuff up to come home and, and uh and about an hour later, hour and 14 minutes exactly, uh, the police called them and said, hey, we're on site and nobody got in your building. We're, the glass is broken, but it's rock solid. You don't right. need to come. They unpacked and enjoyed the rest of their holiday weekend. Tremendous. Yep. Um, when they got back and we found all this out and I drove over there, got to see that he's actually got surveillance camera footage. Two cars come up, drive around the whole building, making sure nobody's there. They back in right in front, open the trunk, get out a sledgehammer, a crowbar, and a basket to carry all their goodies in. And yep. three of them go out the building. They immediately attack the glass on the front, smashing it with a sledgehammer and can't do anything. Go around the side of the building, do it again. Three more windows, two more, three more windows. Can't get in. They get right. all frustrated, come up, throw the stuff in the trunk of the car and drive off. So the glass did exactly what it needed to do. These guys yep. no chance of getting into that building. Um, so we, you know, started the process of replacing for him under Forever Safe. Um, he was very nervous about the building um, being vulnerable. Yeah. During that time, um, these guys who obviously knew the inventory was there and they knew what it was worth and they were or committed or, or, or determined to get it. Yeah. They came back later knowing they can't get through the glass right they can't get through the doors these guys literally 
pounded their way through a concrete wall. So I think that tells you how, how tough this glass can be and yeah. what you can do with these products. You, I mean, you're going to have an easier time trying to jackhammer through a concrete wall than you are trying to break through our, our glass. Yep. Uh, and yep. this is all on video. It's just amazing to watch. And, and it was so such an issue for them. The, the owner literally slept in the building with a handgun until our glass was back in his walls. Yeah. And then he upgraded his alarm system and security. So if somebody tries to, you know, carve through a concrete wall again, they're going to have another surprise. It, so, it's it's ama it's amazing. It's at the end of the day, the glass was more powerful than the concrete wall. And the first time I heard the story, I, I was I, I couldn't believe it. You know, and I'm a glass guy, and and I'm like, hey, we did our job. Seen the pictures. Yeah, and, and and I'm heartbroken for him that you know here these guys somehow you know still you know you know busted through a wall. Uh, yeah. you know, and it was cinder block. It was not, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was drywall. I mean, they yeah. went through bricks. It was incredible. But so, Hey, uh, you know, glass is more powerful and kudos to you. Your forever safe came through, uh, and it tells a story and, uh, and, and retail theft is a huge issue. Um, you know, there, there's no question, you know, more and more are, 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 are into that. And so that's why it's crucial that uh, products like yours uh, come to play. So kudos on that, but uh, a crazy end to that story that, that yeah. they went through the wall. That, that yeah. is amazing. We literally can, I mean, our, our lowest level glass is, um, has passed the new ASTM standard for the active shooter standard at the highest level, level eight, and it's three eighths of an inch thick. I Max, I grew up splitting firewood on a farm. I, I know how to swing a split maw and I can deliver more ports with a sledgehammer, I think, than most most people. Yeah. I thought for sure I could break through that glass. And mm -hmm. and we've done, got a video that we did to to demonstrate the power of the glass versus the Nashville shooting and 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 some uh, looking at comparing it to film. How does it stand up if it's not been shot? How does it stand up if it is shot? After we finished that filming, I figured I could take the sledgehammer and beat through this. We'd had two guys with a 10-pound sledgehammer beating on it until one of them had an asthma attack. <laughs> I took it. I couldn't get anywhere. And yeah. then finally, we, we got a pickaxe with a straight blade pickaxe. And what the, the two guys, after one recovered from his asthma attack, went at it with that just because they're mad they couldn't get through. Yeah. Still couldn't do it. When I finally got the pickaxe into the glass and thinking, wow, I can finally cut a big enough hole to reach in and open the door... I couldn't pull it back out. Three of us couldn't pull it out. The only way to get the axe out of the glass was to take a sledgehammer on the back side of the door and hit the the, the axe and smash it out of the glass. But you Amazing. couldn't make a hole. So yep. we really have products. The industry has products to offer retail. Yep. They have products to offer residential. They have products to offer schools that can stop the breach of the building. And, and one of the things we're really learning now and trying to help people understand this, this isn't a simple product. It's not, it's like saying, oh, I've got money invested in a mutual fund, so I'm going to have a good retirement. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Right. Saying I have ballistic glass, I, I'm safe. Well, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What level is it? What, what, what's the attack method? All those things. Right. So what, what we're really trying to simplify things and get people to realize there's what, what I suggest is you have break-in prevention glass, so I can stop anybody from breaking in. I don't care what they bring. Without a tank or a truck, you're not getting in. Right. I can I can go to that plus handgun protection, which will stop any handgun, including Dirty Harry and a 44 mag, or I can take it all the way up to rifle glass and stop an AR. Right. 
there's a big impact on cost as you do those things. Sure. Sure. So what happens too frequently is people just think, oh, I need the best. I need the, you know, well, that there's issues with that from a cost of thickness, a heaviness, the frames are custom, all that stuff. In most cases, even in the active shooter cases, especially the schools, if you can keep that attacker outside the building, people aren't dying because they're getting shot through a window. They're dying because the attacker gets in where right. people are trapped, and that's when the carnage occurs. Hmm. So there are applications where you need to stop a bullet because somebody's got to be behind the glass and they have no choice. The secretary that's or the person who is allowing people to access into the school, they're stuck right. there. They can't. But everybody else who can get away quickly, you just need to keep the attacker out. Even if they're able to punch through with a bullet here and there, the fact that they can't get into the building is what's really going to make the difference. No doubt. No doubt. We're and really and everything to help people understand that. Yeah. And and, and uh, everything you're talking about, uh, I'm, again, I'm with Ron Parker, CEO of Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions. And you can find them online at ballisticglassandarmor, all one word, dot com. And, and uh, he mentioned uh, things like the Nashville shooting and some videos. You can find that on there, along with all the details he's talking about. And, uh, you know, again, it's part of that education on what you need. Uh, and we're going to get back to that. I always mix things up. I don't think I was doing this back in 21 when we did the podcast, but I, I added uh, probably about a year ago, the fun question uh, to help uh, break things up. And for you, uh, it, it, it's an interesting one because you never take time off. So those rare, rare times that you actually take a minute, a minute off. I'm curious, what's the dream vacation for Ron Parker? What, you know, if, if you ever get to take any more time off. I don't know. Is my wife listening or? or well, she's going to listen. We know she's going <laughs> to listen. She she listened to the first one and I, I believe yeah. she liked the first one. She gave me good reviews. She did. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've been married 41 years. So Love wherever it. it be with her. Um, honestly, I, I I really enjoy Alaska. And if I had my choice, I'd probably be out on Admiralty Island in Alaska someplace and, you know, away from anything can anything remotely close to civilization. Love it. And just be able to enjoy nature. That's 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 my my perfect spot. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. And and again, you're a runner. You're you're a, you meditate. You take things in. So that's a perfect spot for you. There's no distractions. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, did a a grizzly bear hunt on Admiralty Island uh, years ago with my uh, bow and arrow archery hunt. And uh, I would love to go back. I'm, I'm not a big hunter anymore. That's kind of out of my system these days. And and uh, and mostly just don't have time. But but the pristine ecosystem up there, it was, it's hard to even describe when you can go someplace like that, that no humans stepped foot on for hundreds of years, potentially, yeah. if ever. Um, and I mean, you'd literally walk into the surf and pull out this, this particular type of seaweed that's washed and just eat it right out of the salt water and, and uh, pull mussels right off the rock and throw them in a pan. It's just phenomenal, that, that ecosystem. I love it. I love it. And I love it now for the second uh, podcast in a row. I have archery talk. My guest last month, one of my guests last month was Merv Campbell from OmniCube, who's a big time archery guy. Yeah. Uh, who who would have thunk two months in a row we're getting archery mention, mentions on the From the Fabricator podcast. But I love it. And I love, uh, I love the vacation choice. Very, very cool. Uh, again, with Ron Parker, CEO, Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions. Find them online, ballisticglassandarmor.com. And uh, a couple more questions for you. So we've talked about, you know, you know, schools and retail uh, obviously needing that protective. I, I think that's, you know, obvious. I think things started with Sandy Hook and then Nashville really put things into a whole nother light. Uh, the retail side with with pretty much the riots in 2020 kind of got that going. But what's next? 
you know, you know, because I think that's always the thing that we have to keep uh, keep in mind. And I know you guys have worked on some things, or at least uh, I'm, I'm hearing things. What's next for uh, for you and Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions uh, coming down the, uh, the protective pike? Well, one, we've got a new product that we're rolling out right now, and I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna have a, a, a big impact. I think that's some, is something that's needed and and literally doesn't exist right now, to our knowledge. And that is that we have a a new all glass door, very similar to a Herculite door with a top rail and the bottom rail. Gotcha. Uh, operating on a pivot that is full level three handgun glass, so it'll stop everything up to Dirty Harry's forty four mag, and it has the same break in prevention properties that all of our glass does the the unique thing about there's two unique things about this product one is it's literally a space c-suite stuff i mean it, it's what you would expect to see in the most expensive lawyer's office in new york city or in the the ceo's office in any high rise right so it is a beautiful door nice nice um it is incredibly robust. It's downstairs in my lobby right now, cycling 24 hours a day, seven days a week, opening and closing to see, does this thing last? And I crossed a million five hundred thousand sixty cycles this morning. And it's wow. still going strong, showing no sign of slowing down. So we got a door that'll operate millions of times with zero maintenance. Um, it's beautiful. It, it's secure. It's, it's something that I think the market has needed. Um, Generally speaking, when you get into those kind of security products, you get the feeling that you're in a prison or, you know, Fort Knox or the military. It's not attractive and it's yeah. not aesthetically pleasing. We have the ability now to do that. Uh, we're partnered with a couple of other companies that have some very exotic materials uh, that are typically only available to the military that we now have uh, and can make available to the commercial market. Right. Uh, both in terms of transparent products and in terms of opaque things that can be inside doors, furnitures, podiums, and provide full uh, AR protection um, in a very light, thin format. So there's a lot of really advanced materials out now that I think are going to change how some of these products work and how how easy they are to apply to more situations and conditions, more applications. So, so an all glass. So back to the. So it's an all glass door. So the typical all glass entry. Uh, curious though, weight wise. I mean, you say it's get you know one point five million cycles. I mean, does this thing take uh, you know massive Hercules strength to open it, or is it uh, you know how 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 is it to open and close? Well, that that's the other unique thing about this um, is that it is. I would tell you, I think it's the easiest door I've ever seen to install nice. and to and to perfectly align. Nice. The door, one door panel on a 36 inch door for us on this is over 400 pounds. Okay. I've been, I'm not a door installer. Yeah. I've installed that door myself from scratch in two hours and had it perfectly installed and aligned. After one tool, after it's installed with one tool, I can install it and adjust the jam clearance, the footer, the header, the floor, door scissoring, if it's a double door set, all with one tool after this heavy door is installed and in place. That's so nice. it's easy to install. It's very easy to adjust. It's so robust. I don't think you're ever going to have to do anything to it ever again. But the one wear part in the door that I don't know that it's ever going to wear out, but if it ever does, it's literally 20 minutes to replace. I can send a, a replacement part to somebody 45 minutes, you slide it off, put it back on, you know, it, you're done. And uh, so it's very, very easy to maintain. 
um, and, and do the installation. And that's where we've had trouble in the past with these products because they're so heavy. Yeah, We've done some why. doors like that in the past and they've been miserable failures because the hardware's not designed to support that. And the difficulty of adjusting them and getting the clearances all right was was just really, really problematic. Yeah, that's, that's all been solved now. That, that, that's why I asked because it was it, it's the weight, you know, the, the weight the weight just is always the bugaboo in so many different areas w- within the world of ballistic and and, uh, and and so with the door you have it solved and then you know when you and I chatted before we pulled this whole thing together you you have some other uh, uh, other new materials that you're playing around with to uh, address things like weight and some of the other kind of openings in the fire rate uh, in the ballistic space but with other other uh, you know similar worlds. Yeah, one of the things that uh, in the ballistics that's really challenging for people to understand is the idea of, of no spall and low spall. Yes. So all of the UL 752 standards, when we say UL 752 level one, which is a nine millimeter handgun, three rounds in a four inch triangle and a 12 by 12 sample, you've got level two, 357 Magnum, level three, 44 Magnum, then you get up into rifle glass. All of that under UL assumes no spall. And what that means is when the bullet hits the attack side of the glass on the other side, the safe side or the occupant side, if particles come off, the bullet doesn't go through, but if particles come off, that's called spall. Low spall means there's going to be some spall coming off. So that's it's fine for applications where you, you're not got somebody with their face three feet behind the glass or less right. um, for normal applications. That's fine. If you're in a situation where the occupant has no choice but to sit right behind the glass, a bank teller window, a military vehicle, a, a armored car, that type of stuff, that has to be no spall. And the way you make glass, ballistic glass no spall, is there's a piece of polycarbonate laminated to the safe side. So when the bullet hits and that glass all starts to fracture and expand and no particles can come off. The downside to no spall is polycarbonate scratches easily and it's damaged by common glass cleaners. Right. So we really discourage people from going to no spall because you're going to put it in and, and two years later with everybody touching it, pushing on it and cleaning it with the wrong rag or worse yet, they use a, 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 a the wrong cleaner and it yeah. immediately destroys it. You got a super expensive piece of glass you just ruined. So what we're working on now, and the first uh, tests on it two days ago, and they passed, um, is a way to have a no-spall ballistic product that does not have exposed polycarbonate that can be damaged by cleaning or improper cleaning or contact with abrasives. Nice. And we found a way to do that two days ago that I think as we've got more research to do. Uh, but that's one big area that we're working on. How can we make a low spall product behave like no spall, uh, which again expands the applications, but it's an even safer product that way. Um, the other one that we're working on really is trying to make sure that we get a security product that is also fire rated. Right. So we've got a lot of applications, especially indoors, where you need that security in a school, but you also need fire rating in that. So we're working on a couple of new product or new materials to make our construction pass fire rated as well. So that's, we're early in that process, but I have uh, 
high expectation of success with that. Love it. Love it. And we need, we need to cut this to, to give to NGA because you explain low spall and no spall better than anybody I've heard yet. Cause that, that, always, that, that I like that explanation that you had and that is a confusing thing for people. So uh, it, it makes sense to, to finally try to address it the way you're addressing it. And uh, nobody likes plastic, you know, yeah. we, you know, we, we have, it's, it's a necessary evil, but I, I can't stand plastic. It is. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times when you see some of these security products, it is literally, you know, just all polycarbonate, like a, right. a one and a half inch thick polycarbonate. And I'll just tell you a quick archery story since we started with some <laughs> of that. But um, when I was at VIEW, we were actually doing dynamic glass mated to a one, uh, about an inch and a quarter inch thick piece of polycarbonate for uh, pharmacy windows and bank windows. And we had an extra piece left over and a bunch of us just went out in the woods and started shooting it with every gun we had. And it was amazing how much damage that took with almost no visible damage at all from all the different weapons we were using. The one weapon, I mean, we were a 300 wind mag, we were using 30-06, we were everything you can imagine. You know what did the most damage? My bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah, scratching it. Yep. Yeah. So... We need ballistic glass and we need archery glass, apparently, because if I were going to try to break in, I'd use my bow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's just in Atlanta for glass build and the stadium, uh, you know, there, beautiful stadium, a good portion of it has the has that plastic on it, it has the, you know, I guess it's the ETFE, that plastic. Uh, and, and it makes me crazy. And I just, you know, I walked past it with my daughter and I said, you know. 10 years, that stuff is going to look horrible. You know, I can't stand it. But but in your world, unfortunately, you know, the, the polycarbs are part of the process because of yeah. certain things that you mentioned, the no spall, low spall. So if you come up with these new ways, hopefully we can we can get away uh, you know, from that uh, yeah. and, and be more on the glass side. I like it. I like it. A couple, couple more questions for you. Uh, one of being more on a personal side, uh, you know, uh, we both have a an appreciation for Bob Mulpey, and and you mentioned to him to me today that you said, hey, you know, before I come on the podcast, I I want to put him up as a guest, uh, and and I think you're I think you're right. I get, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on. I know you're right. I'm gonna get work on getting Bob on and some of the old guard uh, in our industry to share the knowledge. But uh, give me a real quick angle on on Bob. This is a this is a one of a kind sort of guy. Bob is a jewel of wisdom. I I don't know anybody. I mean, I, I have a lot, oddly, a lot of my really close friends are in their 70s, 80s. Bob's in his 90s. This is a man who's been in the glass business since glass was poured on a big flat stone and rolled out and polished. I mean, he remembers yeah. this. Yeah. So he's been around since floats started. Uh, he, he He's made the unique claim to having broken more glass than any individual on the planet. And he can tell that story. It's a really amazing dude. But Bob is actually a physicist. He's trained in physics, and he's the only person in the glass industry I know who literally studied physics, and, and he's taught me so much about the industry and about glass. But more importantly, Bob has taught me so much about being a good human being. The man grew up in the Depression. Um, he's been retired from the glass industry for a long time now, and he still, every Saturday night, writes a, a, a story about lots of different things. But and just shares it with a group of friends and we get it every Saturday night and and uh, just a tremendous man. And it just makes me think about all of the knowledge and the wisdom that yeah. resides in his brain and how this industry is going to be lesser when Bob's no longer around. And yeah. and he, he's a very uh, present guy. He knows at his age that, you know, his, his, his time frame is limited. 
but he's still very positive and still trying to help and still uh, learning the man's constant re reading and, and doing all kinds of things to keep his mind sharp. But it, it, it's kind of why I reached out to you about it. I think we've got several people in the industry who are yeah. reaching the, that sunset years. And that's the brain trust of this industry because we haven't done as much training and education and research of, of I mean, true technical experts like like was done with, at LOF, I think was the days when, when uh, we had uh, Bob Maltby was involved in a lot of that, Greg Carney, yeah. you had Bob Spindler, you had um, Bill... There was just a bunch of those guys that, that I think are the brain trust of this industry. And they're 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 getting up in years. We need yeah. to find a way to pull that knowledge out, transfer it to others in this business before we lose it. And, and respect it because it was yeah. hard earned. No, it's a good call. And it's something I'm gonna add to the to the mix here in the in the coming year, get getting people like Bob on and uh, that old guard, uh, you know, reunion folks, you know, there's so many good ones here and uh good call by you. And I appreciate the, the idea. And the only thing I'll quibble with is if my dad was still alive, he, he would, he would back me on this. I broke more glass working for him for one week. You know, the one week I worked for him way back when I was 16 or 17 years old at the warehouse, then, then Bob probably broke. Uh, and that's when my dad said to me, you're, you're an office guy. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 my, he forced my brother. Floor. My brother had to work in the warehouse for years. For me, I took me what I broke enough glass window glass, twenty four by thirty six window glass. I was breaking it all over the place. Well, so. Bob was running a float line and crushing everything for a week while he learned how. While he was trying to solve a problem, but wow, but he was wow. literally given permission to crush, crush everything on a float line nonstop, twenty four hours a day for I don't know how long. That's until a swear word. Solved the problem. That's a swear word for the floats. Crush. You know, that's, yes. that's, you don't want to ever hear that word when you're afloat. That's for sure. Oh, this yeah. is great. This is great. So one more question for Ron Parker, CEO of Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions. You can find them online, ballisticglassandarmor.com. So I always ask, uh, 2024, I always ask about the following year. How's it looking for you guys? How are you feeling about the market? Uh, what's on tap for Ballistic Glass and Armor Solutions next year? I think we're, we're everything we're seeing is just continued growth of these products and uh, continue growth of our, our market for this company. I think in general, I would expect that there's gonna be some drawback on the glass industry. I think we're seeing, all, uh, particularly on the commercial side, but but on residential as well with interest rates and the rest of what's happening with the economy. And it's a wild card year, who knows with the election and things, what's, yeah. I mean, it's nothing's predictable. Um, but, but I think what is predictable is we don't have a solution in sight for uh, the gun violence that's happening and the rioting, I think that's going to continue to get worse. So these products are just going to continue to uh, increase in demand, unfortunately. I wish that wasn't the case, but it is. Um, I, I, to me, you know, the, the commercial IGU and residential side of it and some of that, it's, it's a tough thing to try to forecast right now with, yeah. with so many variables that are, that are just wild cards you know one thing can happen and flip the whole thing in so many different directions so um i think my my bet is 24 is going to be an improvement over 23 not a lot in terms for the overall industry probably close to flat but but there are benefits and i think i saw this in some of what um i saw from you and others at the glass build um, you know, the positive side of, of some of that slowing is that it's also easing the supply chain issues that we all fought for the last two years um, and some of the logistical problems and the labor problems and that sort of stuff. So there's pros and cons to it slowing a little bit. I don't yeah. anticipate a big crash or a big drop, but but uh, 
I think a little bit of slowing is probably not necessarily a bad thing. Good, good. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I mean, the biggest thing I think you're right about is the unknown. I mean, 2024, with the, especially with the election, it, it's just so it could be so bonkers. And now we have, you know, more global strife, uh, yeah. you know, to, to play into. So a lot going on there. And just uh, I always say we're a resilient industry and we have to stay that way. And uh, obviously you're you're making products that is uh, that are hugely important. Uh, and like you said, unfortunately, of that case, but uh, we need them and uh, we got to keep people safe. Uh, yep. but this is, this has been really interesting. I appreciate you doing it. This is great that, uh, you know, you know, to, to where you, where you were two years ago, which was, was fantastic and helping many people out to now doing this and, and still helping many people out by providing them that safety. So kudos to you. And thank you so much for doing the podcast. Well, thank you. It's been an honor. I appreciate it, Max. Every time. You bet. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you, Ron. All right. Take care. Okay, okay. Thank you to Nico and Dan at the beginning of the podcast, Ron Parker at the end of the podcast. Uh, and thanks for listening. Of course, this is brought to you by myglassclass.com and also the brand new myglassfab.com. Check them out online 24-7. Great training from the National Glass Association. Uh, at this point, I normally talk TV. I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. I'm running out of ideas. I put on my blog, hey, anybody with uh, TV ideas, shoot them to me. Jack Reacher, the new Jack Reacher, though, will be on Amazon in early December. I'm looking forward to that. I'm wrapping up things like Daisy Jones and the Six right now, which is pretty good. My kids got me into that, uh, but I'm hurting for TV, so I don't have anything great. If you have ideas, like I mentioned on the blog, shoot them to me. I like what I call treadmill shows, shows that I can watch on the treadmill and not feel like I'm running because they're so good. They're intense, maybe a little action. Uh, it takes my mind off of uh, the huffing and puffing of the treadmill. But thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for the support. It was great seeing everybody at Glassville. Appreciate everything. And I will see you next month. Oh, the music is stopped. <laughs>